Welcome. Along with me. Oh, gnarly. Oh, my God, I shot my eye out. These guys are 11. Greetings, Starfighter. Hasta la vista, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And what three of us wanted for Christmas this year was to not watch West Side Story. (laughs) (laughs) Wish granted. It's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) So, yeah, we're back a little early. Yeah, uh, you probably are hearing this. Unless something dire happens between now and then uh, on uh, Christmas Eve. Oh, ho, ho. Yeah, why aren't you are... with your family? Merry maybe Christmas. they'll hey, maybe yeah, they'll gather around the tree and listen to us. Oh, yeah. Or maybe his family likes Christmas shoes and they're the worst, so you don't spend time with them. Spend time with <laughs> us instead. <laughs> Those are all fair points. Yeah. Today we're talking about uh, Christmas traditions, things we do. It's kind of like Christmas potpourri. Welcome to the yeah. show. We couldn't name Christmas yes. leftovers. Ooh, yeah. All things yeah. Christmas we have not discussed previously. That's going to be a long title, but yeah. And if you if you like leftovers, you might find some on the podcasts that go up on Geek Life Radio. You'll find us at twelve noon on Saturdays, and you'll also find the History of Bad Ideas, the Anime Trap House, the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, the Day One Patch Podcast, and of course Geek Life Radio's own Rad Dad Radio Hour, the Smorgasbord. Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg, the Batmobile lost a wheel, Joker got away. Hey! Somebody else tell him this time. Tell me what. Bad Joel. Bad. (laughs) What are you whistling? It's from West Side Story. You guys would know if you watched it. I thought you were whistling the Gremlins, uh, like what the Mogwai sings. That's what it sounded Mm -hmm. like. We already did that show. Did you watch Gremlins instead of West Side Story again? I, I mean, I did watch Gremlins, but not because of that. Just because it's Christmas. You got to watch Gremlins. Wait, is that an option? I can watch Gremlins instead of West Side Story? Yeah. I'm going to do that before we try to do the West Side Story next time. The West Side <laughs> Story? West Side Story. West Side Story. Oh, I think we may have a TV idea. I, I West... am I am, uh, I'm off or whatever, sick, whatever week we do the West Side Story, whenever that happens. So if you have a better idea for a show other than West Side Story, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And also, please join us on our Discord chat. It's in the show notes. You can either copy-paste the link to your browser or tap on the uh, Discord image and join us in chatting. Things that we have talked about, spoilers, they've been, I know they've been talking about the Daredevil show. No, not they've been talking uh, about the Hawkeye, Hawkeye show, which apparently Hawkeye crossed show. over into Daredevil territory. Oh, spoiler! If anybody hasn't watched episode four yet, and five, the uh, the season finale five. is on tonight. Yeah, yeah. We also had a long conversation about big foreheads and books. Big conversation book. about books. And yeah, books. long conversation yep. about favorite books. So get on that. Get give us uh, join us on Discord. All sorts of interesting things happen there. Always yeah. things to talk about. And welcome back, Nikki. Yay! Yes, yay! She'll see the, or hear this in about six months. She gets to. Oh, it is a Christmas miracle. I'm posting this in two days. Yeah, but she's so far behind. She's behind. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we've missed her, and she's back in the Discord. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have any voicemails? Sure, hope not. All right. <laughs> emails, meantime, letters, emails. No, no. No one wants to talk to us. Smoke signals. It's definitely about that time then. Mm-hmm. Homing pigeons. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports, ho, 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 ho.
I like that one. That was actually pretty good. All right. So this weekend, the first Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center in New York was erected in 1931 during the construction of the Rockefeller Center. With the lighting of the 50-foot-tall first official tree two years later, the tree became what Rockefeller Center dubbed a holiday beacon for New Yorkers and visitors alike. A skating rink was opened below the tree in the plaza in 1936, and since then, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree has been a yearly tradition. So that's December 5th, 1936. Wow. Opening of the 30 Rock Skating Rink. My mom was like five months old at that point. <laughs> I, fig- I figure that's a pretty pretty good holiday tradition to go with. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, music. The number one, I'm sorry, the top song in the land was In the Chapel in the Moonlight by Eddie Dushin. <laughs> I think that's how you say his name. Eddie, if not, I apologize. Please don't <laughs> haunt me. Your name is a noun and a verb. <laughs> no matter how you say it in the chapel can... in the moonlight is that how it goes no. i have no idea nope you want to give it a run mike see if you can find it not at all no. all right moving on <laughs> that's, that's that entertaining never entertaining and our shows are posting to youtube now we don't need those copyright strikes good call all right, uh, Frederick Anthony Piccarello Jr., born December 4th, is an American rock and roll singer. Known as Freddie Cannon, his biggest hits included Tallahassee Lassie, Palisades Park, and, aha, the acronym of the week, W-D-Y-I-N-O. So that, I'm pretty sure that stands for the eternal question. Where do you inter nine octogenarians? <laughs> In my basement? Wait. A nursing no. home, obviously. A nursing home, yeah. yes. Yes, a nursing home, of course. You know, That's where you inter them? them. <laughs> yes. If you got a good enough blender, you got to put them in all in one big one of those big orange buckets. I would like to defer back to my original answer of my basement. This is a child size. This is for a kid? My basement is say, child size? In, inter or intern? Wait, do we inter. have octogenarian interns? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm getting those copies for you, Mr. Joel. What's a DM? Palisades Park, that's a good song. That's a fun song. I don't know the other two. Anyway, that one is uh, has nothing to do with octogenarians. It is way down yonder in New Orleans. You want me to speed up this spreadsheet? You said you wanted it to Excel. Okay. Well, I was alive when Rockefeller said it started. <laughs> no, we're moving past. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that is dead and done, and we're moving on. All right. Well, I think this is the final bullet point for me. Uh, born December 7th, Arthur Eugene Jenkins Jr. was an American keyboardist, composer, arranger, and percussionist who worked with many popular music icons such as John Lennon, Harry Belafonte, Bob Marley, and Shaka Khan. Yeah. His <laughs> career began with a nine-year collaboration as a musical director and accompanist to singer Johnny Nash, which included Nash's 1972 smash, I Can See Clearly Now. While with Nash, Jenkins traveled to Jamaica, where he also worked on recording projects with Bob Marley and Peter Tosh. Wow. Jenkins had now become a much sought-after studio musician and soon was the arranger for Harry Belafonte, with whom he also recorded and toured. He worked in the same capacity for Patty Austin and Lena Horne, who were co-performers on Belafonte's tours. Jenkins was John Lennon and Yoko Ono's producer for many albums. Lennon would jokingly credit Jenkins for all the bells and whistles on his records. I don't remember a lot of bells and whistles on it. Wickles? Damn it. I just should have left the joke alone. <laughs> All right. Jenkins also worked on Broadway theater and lent his distinctive sounds to popular commercials for McDonald's, Chemical Bank, and other products. He also released two CDs of his own material, Alone with Arthur and Alone with Arthur, again. If I just would have left it alone, I would have made it through smooth as silk. But no, had to try and make a joke, and I fucked it up. 
This is what happens when you try things. I know. The Man, this is... guy has been Bigs. all over the freaking place. A lot of yeah. big names. Yeah, well, I work with John Lennon, but I started working with my... Back when I just started, I was with Bob Marley and Peter Tosh. You know, and then that Harry Belafonte guy, I don't know if ever heard of him. Yeah, Patty Austin, you know, worked for him. Oh, and Shaka Khan. Above all, Shaka Khan was the best. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Let me back to Shaka Khan. I was purposely not saying anything. Shaka Khan. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to draw attention to it. Hey, Patrick, I feel for you. feel for you. (sighs) <laughs> All right, we should move on to movies before Patrick strokes out. Yeah. <laughs> in movies, the top movie in the land was Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. I like the Mr. Deeds movies. There's Ground more control than one. To yeah. Major Tom. There's, uh, I think it was Mr. Deeds Goes to Washington was another one. Yep. Uh, is that Mr. Smith goes to Washington? Yeah. No, no it was, uh, yeah. Originally, it was going to be Mr. Deeds goes to Washington, but that became Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And you're right, because they're both Frank Capra. Huh. I didn't okay. realize it was supposed to be the same character. And then mm-hmm. there's Mr. Deeds goes to rehab. <laughs> the Everybody knows the uh, Adam Sandler classic, Mr. Deeds. Apparently, uh, it, it is a loose remake. Mm-hmm. Really That's is. That's why I was singing... Uh, this is ground control to Major Tom. Wild. I, I never yeah, knew that was the remake until just tonight. Yep. All right. There's uh, a show we should do. Let's compare Adam Sandler to freaking Gary Cooper. <laughs> yeah, awkwardly, now the Adam Sandler one's too old. Mm. Ah. It's back from 2002. That would have been like a good show for us to do like year one. Wow. We All missed right. that window. The romantic drama film Camille, starring Greta Garbo and Robert Taylor, was released this week. It grossed $2,842,000. It was included in Time Magazine's all-time 100 movies in 2005. Wow. i got to say, I'm relatively certain that I've seen this one. I don't think uh, any of us would be surprised. Yeah, I know I haven't seen any of these like, I was familiar with Mr. Deeds Goes to Town just because it's Frank Capra, but I haven't actually seen it. A Parisian courtesan must choose between the young man who loves her and the callous baron who wants her, even as her own health begins to fail. Sounds like a Wait. real uplifting movie. It sounds like Moulin Rouge. Kind of does. I mean, Final that's Bear-mo. basically the plot of Moulin Rouge. Huh. Yeah, it's on IMDb. It's got, where'd it go? A 7.4 out of 10. It's almost two hours, which in 1936, that's that's a pretty long movie. Uh, wow. Here we go. Greta Garbo, Robert Taylor, and Lionel Barrymore. Yep. You had me at Lionel yeah. Barrymore. Seriously. Yep. Uh, the plot of Moulin Rouge is shaped in part by Camille. Wow. Nice. Good catch. Well, we are learning all kinds of shit today. What was when he described it, I was like, that's exactly the plot. So like the, wow. the, the story that they're telling within the story? Oh, wait, no, I guess that's also the main story. So never mind. It's also I'm, the main story, yes. I'm going to shut up now. I doubt it. No, you're right, Pat. I'm not. <laughs> All right. And finally, other movies released this week included The Bold Caballero and Sabotage. Yippee, which I'm about to learn that the Beastie Boys video was a loose remake of. <laughs> <laughs> and the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, too. There's no Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called Sabotage. Yes, yeah, there, there is. is. Yeah, there is. Is there? Yeah, there Joe Manginello's in it. 
Oh, brand new. Okay. Brand new? It's like well, 10 years old now. No, no. What? Yeah. Y'all, y'all, with the sabotage. Oh, shut up. You love the Beastie Boys. Uh, have I seen sabotage? this How do I not even oh, know sabot- about it? Sabotage. Dr- yeah, I've seen this. 2014. It is 2021. It is, okay, not quite 10 years, but <clears throat> closer than it is to being fairly, you know, last year. Josh, have you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen Sabotage also. It's an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Um, maybe not, because I've seen the big ones from Hitchcock, but I, I didn't go deep in his catalog. Okay, because I've been, yeah, I've, I've, been think watching, I've seen it. I've been watching. Um, since we we got the Hulu Plus and the Turner Classic Movies has been releasing a bunch of like old Alfred Hitchcock stuff, like before he came over. It's like the stuff he did when he was in England. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's and and it's still the, like I just recently watched uh, the Man Who Knew Too Much. Ah, it's a classic. Nineteen thirty-two version. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. I've never even heard of this movie. How did I miss this movie? And it's based on a Joseph Conrad story, The Secret Agent. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't done as deep a dive into Hitchcock as I'd like, but uh, I have a set with like the big ones, the big movies, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's one of those one of those rabbit holes. Eventually, I'm going to go a little further down. Yeah, I, I love Alfred Hitchcock movies, but TV, TV, uh, nineteen. 19- 36. The only shows on the air were <laughs> Picture Page, Starlight, and Theater Parade. Picture Pages. Picture uh, Pages. There's no way it's the same one. <laughs> I don't think it's the same one. Why don't you join Cosby in a Picture Page with you? I'm drawing an Ambien. There you go. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I All right. love that show, I'm, Picture Pages. I, I love Picture Pages. Sleepy time tea. I, I did too, but not that version. All right, so also, David Carradine was born John Arthur Carradine Jr. on September 8th, December 8th. Oof. He was an American actor best known for playing martial arts roles, especially the 1970s television series Kung Fu, playing Kwai Cheng Kane, a peace-loving Shaolin monk traveling through the American Old West. He also portrayed the title character of both the Kill Bill films. He appeared in two Martin Scorsese films, Boxcar Bertha and Mean Streets. David Carradine was a member of the Carradine family of actors that began with his father, John Carradine. His Carradine career included major Carradine and minor Carradine roles on stage, (laughs) television, and in cinema. (laughs) He spanned more than four Carradine decades and appeared in more than 100 feature films and over more than six decades and died in a very uncaradine way. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I mean, John Carradine didn't do much better, but uh, man, I'm, I, I love John I got Carradine. The space heater on, and I think it's melting my chair, and I'm getting <laughs> vapors or something. That was fucking funny. <laughs> All right, I mean, born December sixth. Here we go. Kenneth Max Copeland is an American Copeland televangelist <laughs> and author and founder of the Copeland Eagle Mountain International Copeland Church. Copeland sermons are broadcast across the U.S. and worldwide on, of course, the Victory Channel. Do I know this guy? Da-dum. Yeah, you know him. You, you know who Kenneth Max Copeland is if you look him up. I'm sure I would. So that's TV. Woo! And sports. Mother Helmets. Clayton Errol Dalrymple, born December 3rd, is a former professional baseball player for the Philadelphia Phillies and Baltimore Orioles in the 1960s. Dalrymple was known for his strong throwing arm and solid defensive skills. Over his career, he threw out 48.8% of the base runners who attempted a stolen base, placing him 30th on the all-time list. I was going to say, that's a pretty high percentage. That's He's pretty names. good. Here. 
<laughs> I mean, if you're if you're throwing them out fi- almost fifty percent of the time, that's, that's I mean, impressive. Yeah, that's yeah, your chances good. aren't good. To be thirtieth all time in baseball and anything, considering it spans almost like one hundred fifty years now, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. All right, and lastly, on December seventh, Australian cricketer <gasps> Jack Fingleton became the first player to score centuries in four consecutive Test innings. And that is a cricket fact that we know all the words to, and we should not be stumped at all. No, not at all. The names, though. God. Jack Fingleton. That's Bill I'm Cosby's John pseudonym. Thur- Don Thurston Ashcorn to you. That's a 1936 <laughs> sitcom right there, Fingleton and Dalrymple. Ah, I'd watch that show. Good cop, bad cop. <laughs> don't, don't make him get all Fingleton on you. This this case has been Fingletoned. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one of them Dalrymples. So, yep. Yeah. All right. Play us off, keyboard, Joel. So, we've done a bunch of shows about Christmas. We've done Christmas songs. We've done Christmas wish lists. We've done Christmas movies. Yep. And Christmas songs we hate. Yeah. That was a good one, actually. I like that show. Yeah. That was like about this time last year. Welcome to the show that we couldn't figure out how to name because this is basically everything else Christmas that Christmas we haven't already better. discussed. Christmas potpourri. That makes it sound like a food show. Christmas You're right. I mean, potpourri is better. It's Christmas decorations wasn't quite enough to fill 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call the episode Christmas. Crimbus. <laughs> decorations and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about all the stuff that, like, the peripheral stuff. Yeah, not the, like what, the what stuff? The peripheral. Per- peripheral. He said it right. Yeah, peripheral. 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 On the, per- on the periphery. Why nice. does it sound weird? It sounds weird. Peripheral. Maybe peripheral. you're used to people <laughs> saying it wrong. Maybe you're used to people saying peripheral. 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 Good. This is off to a shocking start. Yeah, we need to move on before. So traditionally, traditionally, what decorations? Okay. When did the decorations go up in your house? When you were a kid. Um, pretty much as all... soon as yeah, as soon as the the, the Thanksgiving was done, <laughs> as soon yes. as the, the turkey carcass was hung in the tree, <laughs> the Christmas came out. Like, like my dad was pretty good about it. Like it was the day after Thanksgiving, usually he would. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a, about that as well. I remember we uh, kept the Christmas decorations in the attic, so I always kind of dreaded Christmas uh, decorating because that meant I had to go up into the attic where all and that's of the where they kept your brother spiders and everything. Where <laughs> yeah, it's no no bueno. I am not an animal. You have to take the mask off and clean him up. Ugh. That's not nice to say about Matthew. <laughs> Guys are mean. Yeah, my I mean, my father was uh not quite as fastidious as I am. I get that from my mother. So every Christmas it would uh, until I was old enough to change it, it would be a, a massive ball of lights and strings and everything just thrown together in a box. Little not and it here. was it was always my responsibility to untangle them for us to use every single year. And I would watch in horror as he just shoved them back into the box at the end of the Yikes. year. <laughs> So until I, I was old enough to to like take charge of that, you know, and just do it right, yeah. My, I mean, my dad, my my dad was was great for a lot of things, but or you know, like like organization was not his his forte. Yeah, we, get okay. it in the boxes and get it out of my face. I feel like there's a later question that needs to be bumped all the way up here, okay? Because uh, we talk about real trees or fake trees, and I feel like you get the tree out if you have a fake one at the uh. same time as the decorations. Oh yeah. Because I remember we had the same fake tree that had like a wooden core 
And like the individual branches you had to screw into the wooden core had like wires sticking out of them or color coded. So like the pink one went into the pink hole, yellow one. And if you did it all right, the biggest ones would be at the bottom and the smallest ones would be at the top and it would be tree shaped. Yep. Yep. And like we had that for sure every year. And then we had the little ceramic tree that had like clear light sticking out of it that had a light bulb in the middle. Mm -hmm. So while the tree part of it was like opaque green ceramic, the lights. Yeah. They would shine through. Yeah. They'd shine through. Okay. You, you've seen the one I'm talking about. My my mom made a bunch of those. Okay. So those were like the two every year we had. And Mike painted them. Yes. We, there was a brief moment where she was into ceramics and we would, she made a bunch of these Christmas trees. And actually those are coming back because, um, I've been going and looking for like replacement bulbs and stuff this year. I've seen like, oh, it's the memory tree. So it's like the remember when you were a kid type of display and it's got those trees in it, except for like half the size now. And if, you, and if you can find an original Christine Teske, they're worth a lot of money. I know where she lives. How, how Wait. much are we talking? You talking about his okay. mom, or are you talking about the trees? To me, a lot of money is like five dollars. So. Oh, oh, that's true. That's kind of point. Like, um, we would, we'd bring up the the uh, usually like the week after Thanksgiving, everything would start coming up. We didn't have a wooden core Christmas tree. We had this plastic one that was like molded to look like wood, so it had like the like look like bark, but on all the little uh, branches stuck into these hexagonal slots, type of thing. So he- ours was plastic. No, you know we have a fake tree. Uh, we had a fake tree too, and the one thing I remember about that is, well, one thing, se- several things actually. My hands always got stained from the the metal pieces that you stuck into the the, the oh from the middle. tarnish. Yep, and then uh, occasionally you'd get like metal shavings, like splinters, basically in your hands, and they, they just always made your hands smell bad. Because, you know, the older it got, the more the, like, metal would kind of corrode or degrade or whatever. You spend a lot of time sniffing your hands, Joel. <laughs> yeah, doesn't everybody? Uh, don't uh, A lot of people sniff your hands? Uh, just laying that out there. And, and we didn't have a lot of organization either. Our, like, our, our ornament box wasn't like one of these fancy schmancy where they, it's like an egg carton type of thing where they have now. Everything was wrapped in with whatever newspaper we had gotten that week. And stuffed into one big box. Oh, so we had the all... same newspaper from like the, the very first Christmas that it was wrapped up and it was. <laughs> oh, well, some of it would deteriorate. Like we would throw out some of the newspaper. It was almost like taking like a core sample. We've landed on the moon. <laughs> You'd have all these newspapers, but man, you did not want to drop that box if you were carrying it upstairs because we stuffed all of ours in the, in the uh, under the stairs in the cubby or whatever the hell it's called. A lot of box stuffing. Yeah, a lot of stuff into the boxes. So, yeah, we had um, fake trees and real trees all throughout the years. My family, we alternated all the time. It wasn't like a, you know, a, a set schedule or something. It would just kind of depend on my dad's mood, really, I guess, whether he wanted to get a, a tree. We one time went and chopped down our own tree, but most of, you know, most of the time if we got a tree, we'd just go to farm and get one. Or we would just yeah. put the fake one up. You know, I don't really know what determined what, but yeah. The only experience I ever had with a real tree was our next-door neighbors used to always get a real tree. And I always remember like walking to the house and be like, wow, this smells really good. But then like two weeks or so after Christmas, before you take the tree down and the needles started to fall everywhere, man, mm-hmm. what a fucking mess. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It got well, ugly that's why quick. On January 1st, you're supposed to, you know, take the tree out, take it somewhere and burn it for your luck for the next year. 
Oh, they should have done that. Hmm. I wish they would have. Because it got really gnarly. Yeah, that was one of my dad's things. I don't know where he got that, but, that, you know, he did it every every January 1st. Plastic or real? He'd go burn it? Yeah, just go burn it. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> so what about... If we, got, if we got a real tree, he, we would burn it on the 1st every year. Okay. Oh, did that you have makes any... sense. Oh. Uh, my brother decided he wanted a real tree uh, when he got to be a young adult. And I remember thinking this was such a massive pain in the ass that fake trees for life, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. I, don't know, I can't recall as a kid ever having a real tree. In fact, I, I, I can 100% say for certain we never had a real tree when I was growing up. I really think it's kind of how you were raised or how your parents were raised. It seems like it's people that kind of are traditionally one or the other are more common than Patrick's family where they kind of rotate. I feel like once you're one way or the other, you kind of stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever my, dad, see, my, my dad was liked convenience when it was possible, but he also was raised, you know, a country boy. And he, you know, he used to ch- chop his own tree every Christmas when he was growing up. So for the family, oh. so, you know, chopping a tree for him was no big deal. Nice. Yep. Now, what about food? Did you guys have any, like, traditional dishes or meals or anything, like, for Christmas? When you're um, I personally had two things, and I think I've talked about both of them at one point or another on the show uh, before. Uh, one is cookies, which I continued my uh, cookie baking into adulthood. And the other was a traditional for several holidays, uh, vegetable uh, ranch pizza which I know huh. I've talked about on this show, where you roll out croissant dough mm-hmm. and combine softened cream cheese with uh, ranch powder. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm. Spread it on there and cut up carrots, broccoli, and cauliflower and make a pizza. Yep. Huh. And that's a I Christmas like that. thing? I, that's, holidays would be the time where I would uh, get into making something specifically for the family, like right before. Sometimes it would be Thanksgiving. Sometimes it would be Christmas. Sometimes it'd be New Year's. But that would be okay. like my thing. See, my mom always would do a like a surf and turf for Christmas. Like Christmas Eve, we would have a fancy sit-down steak and lobster dinner. Wow. You know, we get crabs. She would get crab legs, and we would have steak. And it was also traditionally every year my mom would set herself on fire somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so What? Which, let's, I'm trying to think of all the different things that happened. Was she okay, drinking? So, no, no, she wasn't. I mean, she, she had a cashmere sweater. Okay, every year there would be some sort of incident, like with the candles or with the oven, something like that. Like she set the, grilling the, uh, the steaks. She set the broiler on fire. <laughs> and my father and I almost had to like full on tackle her because she like gr- went straight to the sink and was filling up water and about to throw it on top of it. And my dad was like, he, he, he slapped that shit right out of her hands as we were throwing flour and baking soda on top of the grease that was coming out of the thing. But that was an instance she caught herself on fire once with a cashmere sweater. Like she reached across the counter or across the uh, table next too close to a candle. And the fluff on the outside of the cashmere sweater arm just went. (laughs) And the thing was, is nobody for a good three seconds, nobody did anything. Everyone was just like, huh. I guess it's her time. Damn. (laughs) That shit just went up. And then we, you know, then, you know, put up. But yeah, but we would have like surf and turf. And then uh, in the morning, 
I forget the mornings. We didn't really do too many like breakfasty type things, but but we always had like a fancy dinner in the evening. And I even remember my dad back in nineteen eighty nine, eighty eight, coming home with a one pound bag of Starbucks. Uh, whatever the they had a blend that they made specifically for coming into the Chicago market. And he was like, yeah, there's this new new uh, coffee shop that just opened up downtown called Starbucks. So I got a pound of coffee and that may have been that may have been it right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> After that, you were mainlining that shit. No, totally. But yeah, we always had like a fancy and then mouse set herself on fire. And... Well, first try is always free. Yeah, right. Uh, well, well, Christmas was traditionally the time when I'd gain five pounds. Um, cause we'd always go to my, my grandmother's house and she always had food on hand as well as like, uh, you know, lots of Coca-Cola, lots of, uh, candy, lots of everything. And usually the meals were pretty traditional, ham, mashed potatoes, whatnot. But then she would always hand, like make a bunch of homemade, um, candy along with like fruit pies and, and pumpkin pies. And there was one candy in particular that I cannot for the life of me think of what it is called. Maybe one of you will know, but I, I liked it, but I didn't like it, but I was fat, so I wanted to eat it. Um, it was basically <laughs> it was a marshmallow that was rolled in um, caramel, and then it was rolled that was rolled in um, uh, Rice Krispies. Rice Krispies, yeah. Ooh. And so when you bit into it, you got marshmallow, caramel, and Rice Krispie. I just looked it up. That is called Marshmallow Caramel Rice Krispie Treats. <laughs> she had a, a name for it. I don't remember what it was. There was uh, some other Alabama name. Delights. Deer Nuggets. <laughs> I don't think any of those are accurate, but okay. Uh, but she'd like fries. she'd make her own caramel. She'd make her, you know, uh, divinity. Um, mm. Just, I mean, it sounds really good. All kinds See, of stuff. No your, wonder your I was grandma was like my grandma on my dad's side because she would start baking like a week before. Yeah, and we had angel food cake, apple pie. She, oh, I forgot my, about that. Yep. Oh, my favorite was they call them spider cookies. I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about these. Have, have you guys had spider cookies? No. They take no. fried, um, you know, the fried noodles, like mm-hmm. uh, the wonton noodles. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the wonton noodles, the real skinny ones. I've Mix had, them I've in. I've had these before. Yeah. Oh, uh, with caramel and butter scotch and chocolate and pull them out as little globs or peanut butter sometimes I've seen oh yeah sometimes butter. they had peanut butter she put peanut butter but i would you know i would show up just like grab the plate be like thank you very much i'm out i'm fat too <laughs> what about you patrick um yeah my there, there's a traditional holiday dish that's made in my family that comes from my mom's mother or my mom's grandmother my great-grandmother uh, I think we've discussed it before on on the side dishes show the oyster casserole. Oh yeah, uh. that's been that's been around for every single major holiday. That's how that been really passed good. down. Like yep. you have the recipe now. Yeah, yeah. Oyster casserole. My sister, my sister makes it pretty pretty good, but my mom normally makes it every year. But my sister does it pretty good too. Uh, you know, stuffing is one of my favorite things, and that's one thing my grandmother made that always made me upset because she always put uh organ meats into the stuffing and so what? it'd be like little cut up liver lizard livers and gizzards mm-hmm. um and so i'd have to pick them out and it just always grossed me out i'm like why are you I, ruining I this stuffing yeah obviously i don't understand what the problem is yeah right why would you pick that out uh, oh i don't chicken do organ meats are- Oh my yes, god! Yes, you do. You've eaten lizard, lizards and givers. <laughs> lizard, gizzard, givers. 
Uh, You've eaten livers and gizzards before. You've talked about it. I've I, I picked all the breading off and put them back. So oh, my mom. Oh, that's that's right. That's what uh, it was. You you disgusting, sad. And before grossness. I knew <laughs> what it was, when I used to have stuffing at, at my grandma's house, I would eat all of it, and I was just like, oh no 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 no. And then I found out, and I was like, oh god, I'm gonna vomit. But as an adult, you became more open minded, right? Correct. Now I know that I just don't have to eat them if I don't want to. <sighs> Mm-hmm. I, I like a lot of stuff, and I'll try anything twice. Like when we were on our honeymoon, I had escargot for the first time. <laughs> oh. That is not where I thought that was going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway. What did you think? Escargot was pretty damn good. Yeah. I favorite, I, right? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, okay. It's pretty good. They reminded me a little bit of like calamari, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Just a vehicle for garlic butter. Right. right. It's like it's like a calamari mushroom combo. So yeah, I'll try anything. It's, but if I don't like it, I'm not going to eat it. And I don't like organ meats. So there you go. That still sounds amazing, though, because we, we used to have, we would just call it the meat stuffing. Because we had the bread stuffing and we had the meat stuffing. And the meat stuffing, they would just, like when they cooked up the turkey, my grandma would grab that bag of gizzard in the middle. It's basically and just like make a meat that. lover's pizza ground up. Oh, so good. <laughs> Like you take a meat lover's pizza and you and you just mash it all up and you pour stock <laughs> over it. Can I get a meat lover's pizza with some neck on it? <laughs> we don't if have that, say, sir. If you say I'm going to go get the meat stuffing, doesn't sound <laughs> like you're talking about Christmas. <laughs> you it sounds like my Christmas uncle. to me. <laughs> hey, you haven't met my uncle. Bring out the meat stuffing. Meat all stuffing right, no. sleeping. Did your family, did you, when you went to Christmas or whatever, and you opened presents with your, with your family, like Christmas morning, did aunts, uncles, everybody else get presents and that sort of thing? Or was it like you just did the present opening at your house in the morning and then you went to the Christmas party? Because um, hmm. most of the day <clears throat> for me was at like my aunt's house. So like all the kids for sure got Christmas presents there. And usually you'd have something token for the aunts and uncles. Uh, we also had like a Christmas bazaar where kids could pick donated uh, goods to give to the adults hmm. at our elementary school. So that's usually where that stuff would go is to aunts and uncles. Like dad would help with mom's gift, etc. But aunts and uncles, yeah, they got the Christmas bazaar stuff. So this is this is something that I just <clears throat> I just remembered. Um, that That's what happens happen, on these shows. That used to happen every year when we would go. Uh, there was a, many years in a row where we would drive up as a family from here up to Missouri because that's where the whole family was. We were the only people that weren't in Missouri, so we would drive up for Christmas uh, at, at, to spend Christmas with everybody up there. And it was tradition that my, my grandmother would always buy a <clears throat> one of those uh, country hams for my uncle and my dad both, for both of her Ooh, sons. like the, the salted ones? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She would buy one of those, and it would always be wrapped under the tree every year, each one of them. And it would always be like a joke. It's like, you know, ha-ha, who's... You know, not only what, uh, gee, what could be in this in this wrapping, but also like you know, they would always joke about who had the bigger, who was going to get the bigger ham. Well, my dad would always at some point sneak in and open both of them and check the weights of the hams, and like he would make sure that he, he would take a pen and like make sure that his looked like it was much more than than like two three pounds more than my my uncle's. <laughs> what? And then he would wrap them back up. And so my my grandmother would go through all this trouble of trying to buy hams that were like so close in weight that they wouldn't chart wouldn't cause an argument. 
And then they'd open them up and like, he's like, you bought him a ham three pounds bigger than me? Like, what? Are you... you obviously don't understand brothers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he got away with that for like three Christmases in a row before he finally, you know, That's before fantastic. she finally figured out what was going on. Like, Wow. You know. Subterfuge. Hamterfuge. <laughs> <clears throat> um, we, since we were always uh, up to a certain point uh, in age, you know, we'd always, like I said, go to my grandmother's and traditionally, uh, the night before, we'd all get a new pair of pajamas that we'd all have to take a picture in together. And then the next day, we would all open gifts together Christmas morning, but we'd do them um, by age. It wasn't, you know, the free-for-all kind of thing. It'd be, you know, go around and open your stuff. And it would be parents, uh, aunts, uncles, whoever was there. And then uh, in the evening, we'd typically do a uh, white elephant um gift exchange well that was more with the adults doing it for the kids and the adults there and that was always fun um and people would kind of go it was pretty funny you know it was a good time see i they used to do not a not a white elephant i remember they used to bring in these gifts but we would go to my aunt's house and the all the guys would go downstairs play poker and the women would sit up and they'd play bunko that's it oh they'd play bunko and it was like they had all these presents on the table and they'd roll go around and you'd roll the dice and they were playing bunko and you got the they had these rules where you can pick a pick a present i remember one time uh somebody imagine like a two and a half foot by two and a half foot box wrapped up they put it on the table and everyone's after this two and a half foot by two and a half oh man that's gotta have something good in it it's, it's huge like it's, so everybody's playing the game and they're stealing this box from each other finally the game ends and they unwrap it my aunt had taken this huge box and wrapped up a walnut <laughs> it was like wrapped up in paper and packed that nice. whole thing in there and they fought for a walnut for the whole time now on the other side of the coin all the uncles and grandfathers were in the basement playing poker. And I remember one Christmas, my grandfather walks upstairs, looks at my grandmother and goes, well, you got to go home with, with Louie. Now I lost you. <laughs> it was like the hell kind of game they were playing, but they were, no, they played poker. That's, that's basically how it was. We all got together every we chatted until we ate. And then when we ate, all the guys went down in the basement and played poker and all the women went up and played Bunko. We played games too, but not like any particular one, just whatever whatever games that we'd gotten that year or new games or uh, kind of the, you know, the traditional stuff like Monopoly and Trivial Pursuit and stuff like that. Okay. See, this, this was before consoles in my own home. Like when I think of traditional Christmas every year, but my cousins always had like the Atari 2600, the Atari 7800. Mm. I, I didn't get a, a console at all until the NES years. So like Christmas was my time to play video games. Oh, nice. Uh, and yeah, well, I mean, it's nice, except you're at somebody else's house. All you want to do is play their video games. And of course they're going to put you through the ringer in order to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I was the same way. My cousins had an odyssey. One of the, like the funky, uh, computer with the keyboard type system. And all I had was an Atari 2600 at that time. But I remember going over there at Christmas and playing the odyssey. My cousin had a 3DO and I was like, nah, I'm good. 3DO. You don't remember those? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. It was just yeah, a joke. My, but... my uh, uh, cousins had a Atari as well. And so, yeah, we'd, we'd spend a little time, but the parents usually wanted everybody to sit around the table and play games. Or sometimes we'd watch Christmas movies together and be eating nonstop, like, the entire time. That's crazy. More or less. Now, 
back then, what was the best and what was the worst present that you got? I mean, had, did you ever have to like, when you were at your grandparents' house and everybody was swapping presents, did you ever have to like really force yourself to, I mean, outside of like, oh, thank you for the socks, force yourself to be happy for a present? My father had to eventually tell my grandmother to stop buying my family clothes every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> stop because, it. Because, I mean, we're like, we know you mean well. But, oh, my God, your fashion sense is awful. Stop. Did you get the bunny pajamas? Oh. No, it just got a lot of, you know, a lot of just velour shirts with butterfly collars and things like that. And, oh, just horrible. Wow. What about you, Josh? Oh. He's not saying anything. Did Josh quit? No, the battery on Josh's wireless mouse died, so I couldn't Ah. unmute. (laughs) I had to run to the other room to get a double A, and Mike threw to me just as I'm getting back, putting the battery back in my mouse. If that's what we're good for. Working on your mouse, and suddenly they've thrown you in it. Well, no, it was just like, as soon as Mike asked the question, I was like, okay, I'm muted. Let me move my cursor over. Why is my cursor not moving? <laughs> the battery chose that instant to die in my wireless mouse. Nice. Oh, that's funny. Oh. So what? Right. Okay. Let's count back in. Make a note to edit that out. No, we're running with it. No, that so looks bad. Question again. What, what have you ever had a present that was so bad you had to like pr- pretend to be like, yeah, thank you. And your and best I, present. Yeah. And oh. what was your best present? Okay. Okay. I know that I've talked about this in previous Christmas shows. My grandmother on uh, my dad's side was <laughs> legendary for giving presents that you never knew what you were going to get. It could be literal garbage from her house. It could be something that had been sitting in her garage for 50 years, or it could be brand new. That's fantastic. And yeah, the Grandma Brown gifts. I still have the last one I got from her. Could uh, be a dead was, frog. You never know. Yeah, she sent my brother a dead frog <laughs> one year. I actually, speaking of frogs, I got a little length of green hose that had a frog on the end of it. I don't know why she thought I'd like that. I bet the frog didn't like it. Yeah. It's like a little plastic frog thing, but I don't know, like, maybe if you're a 70-year-old woman who's into gardening, you'd want that. If you're not... She's into frogs, I guess. Maybe she's like, oh, he likes the frogger, so maybe. She she was not that... I don't know. Boys like frogs. I also know the uh, gift I got that was destroyed the fastest. Hmm. This is on the border between then and now. Was it also uh, a ham? No. Was it a toilet? It would be even faster than I could destroy a ham or a toilet. <laughs> and you guys know me. That's saying something. <laughs> I got a little set that was like a crystal castle, a crystal wizard, crystal oh, whatever. No. I took it out of the package, go, oh, this is neat, and moved to show it to the person sitting next to me, fumbled it, and shattered it on the coffee table. Oh, oh my God. No. Literally six seconds after uh, opening it, I had, I had just <sighs> enough time to look at it and broke it immediately before I'd even set it down. Damn. So it made wow. it from the store to the house to to being wrapped to to the pile of presents to you to, to no the garbage. cleaning. <laughs> to the garbage, yes. Wow. That to the garbage. Sucks. 
Oh man. Oh man. I uh, now I'm trying to remember uh, really terrible gifts for myself, but the one that really stands out for me is when there was one year where my aunt and uncle gave my brother a flashlight that they had gotten free from Chex Mix. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was a, think, if I say red flashlight, you know, the red flashlight with the white flipping switch on there, and it just says Chex Mix on the side. And it it was a while. It was like, initially, we're like, oh my God, I can't believe. But then I got married, and then, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm like, huh. My aunt and uncle were at the same point I'm at right now. Strapped for cash and Christmas is coming. You're getting a flashlight. You know, I I retroactively take back all the disdain that I had from for that one. But my brother was like, yeah, it's a flashlight from Chex Mix. I love Chex Mix. But like my I think like my family was just kind of like, really? That was the same year I got 1984 on LP from uh, my grandmother. And she was very concerned because she did not like the position that David Lee Roth was in on the back. <laughs> uh, that tracks. Yep. While I was away at college, every Christmas I used to get the worst gifts from my family. They like to pretend like they didn't know who the hell I was. So every, everything would be like, you know, like bartender related or whatever, or poker related. And it, every, like five Christmases in a row, I got some kind of fancy wine opener. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> It's alcohol related, you know. Yeah, I know, and I'm like, I don't need these. Like, I could open up a bottle of wine in in five seconds on my own, like with this little contraption here. I don't with need my teeth. This. I don't. I don't need a, a literally like a, a drill powered thing to open up a bottle of wine. I'm like, I. It's just, I'm fine. Like, I hate those things. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah, so I went through a lot of weird years where they were just buying me weird presents, and I just, I ended up just most of them ended up in the garbage, honestly. See, I I don't know that I can recall like a specific like worst gift other than you know like getting like a, here's a pack of socks for you enjoy but smoke up Jolie <laughs> <laughs> the best gift or the one that they got I was the most excited about and the one that ended my belief in Santa Claus was the Millennium Falcon <laughs> Santa Claus's head on a platter right it was just my <laughs> uncle Nick uh no I I uh, wait was he what? a saint who your Nick, your uncle Nick, was he a saint? Oh, I see what you did there. No, uh, Nick, Nick isn't real. Um, yeah, no, I, I've told the story about how I was went down to the basement and there was a big garbage bag, and I was like, "Oh, what's in the garbage bag?" You know, why is this? Because there was never, we never kept the garbage downstairs in the basement, and so I opened it up, and one of the things that was in there was a brand new Millennium Falcon. And oh. then the next day, I got it for Christmas, so I realized, and it was you know marked from Santa, so mm. I realized that. Uh, yeah, Saint, Saint Saint Nick wasn't real, but it was still cool fucking present. So kind of canceled each other out, I guess. See, it's crazy. The same thing happened to me, but my parents realized I'd found it and changed the from Santa to from mom and dad, and that's how we started the tradition of some presents are from Santa, some are from mom and dad. That's a nice <laughs> save. See, we always had that. Yeah, so that's what I'll have done with my kids. I've always done one Santa gift, and the rest are from family or whatever. Okay. See, there was one year with the finding of the gifts type of thing when I was, my mom went out for the evening and I was being babysat by my great grandmother and she it was in the apartment. She was down there watching me. She was watching a TV show. And what I've been told in the story multiple times is apparently I wandered into the closet, which is where all of my Christmas gifts were being kept. And this is like a week before Christmas. 
And I went in there and came out like, Grandma, have you seen all the toys in here? And she was like, oh, no, I haven't seen it. Ah, okay, well, we'll just take them out. And she took out all the toys. I had this Fisher-Price little golf set. She was like, ah, okay, I don't know why these are in here, but we're going to take everything out, unwrap it, and you can play with everything. What? So imagine my mom leaves to go out. She comes home, and there's me in the living room just like, did you know all these toys were in the closet? And like every single (laughs) bit of Christmas shopping that she had done was blown at that moment. And she had like a week left. Why on earth would your great-grandmother think that this was a good idea? I don't know. I didn't care. Wow. I was was like five, six years old, man. But yeah, apparently that's the uh, totally blew out Christmas that year. Huh. That's a great story. (laughs) Two Christmases. And they didn't even need to get divorced. I was just going to say that. Damn it. What'd you get for Christmas? A ham. I could separate one of those. Pretty fast. <laughs> Straight from me to the toilet. All right. So we think we uh, got the then all cleaned up as far uh, as we I want to talk like ornaments uh, just a little bit because we talked about the tree, but not so much about the trimmings. Oh. Since this started as the decoration show, I don't want to go past that too much. Okay. Um, I don't know about you guys, but frequently the ornaments we had were a combination of like the glass ball ornaments or uh, styrofoam covered in like red and blue thread. And then you had the couple of family heirlooms and then the shit that the kids made at elementary school. That was like the collection. A bunch of yarn uh, woven around Q-tips. Well, you'd have like the popsicle stick sled. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, the reindeer made of felt. Yes. Uh, the, yeah, the reindeer, the reindeer made reindeer. Uh, uh, was made out of uh, clothespins. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's the one. And then uh, we had the multicolored lights. I don't know if you guys did all white lights, blinky lights. We did a star instead of an angel on the tree. But that was my story. I'm curious what you guys had. My dad was a fan of the bubble lights. Oh, I love bubble lights. They're so hard to find now, though. Yep. I have a set in the, in the attic somewhere. That will eventually be the end of you. I'm not sure I actually understand what bubble lights are. It's, no? No? Okay, it was like a, imagine like an, um, a sealed test tube with colored water in it. And, and the longer you leave them on, they start yeah. to bubble. There was like a base that it was held onto, and there was a light inside this base. You plugged them in, and it would start whatever the hell it, maybe not water, I don't know what was in there, but whatever was in the test tube would start boiling, and then you'd have this little bubbles going on with the, on, above the lights. Basically huh. like tiny little lava lamps. Yeah, kind more of, or less. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was under the impression maybe you guys would explain it, and I'd be like, oh, I know what those are. No, I've never heard of those. Really? Did anybody have a, I was looking for a picture, but... To share, because uh, I think I think once you see them, you'll know. You'll go, oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Uh, I did find a picture here. They still sell them on Amazon. Look at that. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Green giant. Nice. Um, Wait. But yeah, that's, we, we had bubble lights. The thing with the bubble lights is you, you clip them on the tree, and the biggest pain in the ass is trying to keep them pointing straight up. Right? Okay, it's I'm... a never-ending battle between you and gravity. Mm-hmm. I am looking at pictures of these, and I have never seen these before in my life. Really? Really? That's yeah. kind of surprising. That was a huge thing. That and um, my mom has. She likes Christmas a lot. She had these little. Imagine like tin soldiers from uh, 
the nutcracker type of thing. And they're standing there and they've got a mallet that they're holding out in front of them with a little spring on, on it. Mm-hmm. And there's a bell on either side of them. Okay, So now when you plug them in and you put it to the key in whatever code or turn the knob or whatever it is on the base, the power thing of, the unit, of this unit, the soldiers twist to the left and the right and play Christmas carols. Huh. So it's like they'll do Carol of the Bells, and it's they hang them in the tree, and you've got these little soldiers that are ding, 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 ding doing that sort of thing in the trees. That that I want. I'm like, I told her, I'm like, when you die, I want these things because they're <laughs> super cool. By the way, put this in the will, please. Yeah, I get these things. But I remember that especially because she bought them in, like, June. So from June until December, we were hearing Carol of the Bells, like, weekly. Oh. I don't remember any specific ornaments other than the kind of the broad strokes that, that you gave. I, I know we had all of those, but the one thing I, I remember that I, I don't do in my house is uh, currently is uh, we always had tinsel. And sometimes it was the big strings of tinsel and sometimes it was the tinsel you throw over, you know, the branches and it just hangs down and makes a giant fucking mess. Yeah. I don't, I don't like tinsel. I'm not a fan of tinsel. It's kind of like glitter. It's like the herpes of Christmas. Uh, cause it gets everywhere and I really don't think it adds much to the decorations personally. I, I like, I like tinsel. And you know what they say? It's always Christmas when there's tinsel coming out of the cat's, cat's ass. ass. Yeah, that is true. Um, my, my aunt though, um, whenever we'd go to visit the, you know, the family for Christmas, she had one of those things like they had on Christmas vacation. And it always makes me laugh. The little, uh, wooden, fan things that you have the candles at the bottom and the candle, the heat from the candle makes it spin. Oh yeah. But if you touch it, even just the slightest bit, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. From Christmas vacation. Yep. It was exactly like that. And she used to have one. And I remember on more than one occasion, either accidentally bumping the table or the first time I saw one reaching out to touch it. And it did, it would just fall apart in in a a heartbeat. I have no idea why. How about, um, uh, I forget what they're called. Did, did your mom collect or whoever collect the uh, Hallmark ornaments? Because, like, every year, I remember my mom, we had to get to a Hallmark store because we had to get the rocking horse that came out that year. <laughs> my mother-in-law was like that, but not not uh, my former mother-in-law, but not, not my mom or anybody in our family. Yeah, we got to, like, we must have, like, 18, 20 of these goofy little with the date on them, each rocking horse from each year from the Hallmark store. Oh, however, though, that does remind me of one thing that came with the gift uh, discussion. If at any point when you got a gift from somebody or they found out that you liked something in particular, you got that something in that vein for the rest of your life. Like if they're like, oh, you like penguins well, every year. Now you're now getting stuff that has to do with mm-hmm. penguins, whether you still like penguins or not. That's your thing. And it became a joke. Like if you were very careful not to show any like extreme interest in something because otherwise you were doomed to get that for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Once you've got two, it's a collection and everybody wants to help you with your collection. Yep. Yep. I've got a Guinness lamp, a Guinness clock, about <laughs> five different sets of Guinness glasses. They gave you that tattoo. <laughs> Obviously the tattoo is where it started, but I, w- I woke up one Christmas with a tattoo of Guinness. I'm like, I don't even like Guinness. <laughs> one year I got 18 sweaters. Whoa. Jesus. I just mentioned it was like you know, but it was it was totally my my fault because there was like grandma, you know, hey, what what would you like? Oh, I could use some new sweaters. I could like new sweater. Okay, cool. Hey, what do you want? Uh, that sweater. I can use sweater. The word got out. I had sweat. I mean, you guys saw some of this these sweaters on sweaters. me. 
Yeah, when I was in college, you guys saw me wear some of the sweaters that were left over from that apocalyptic Christmas. You know what you need to say, Mike, is that you need Hawaiian shirts. No, I I don't. I just bought myself. <laughs> I got the brand new Christmas Hawaiian shirt. My closet looks like Don. Which Ho is awesome, by the there. way. That new shirt is awesome. He posted it in the Discord chat for the listeners. This is the kind of stuff you're missing out on, but it's a pretty sweet shirt. Yeah, I like it. So shall we move on to the now section? Yes. I'll, I'll take your silence as consent. <laughs> as consent. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to be back in a little bit. Talk about the now. Talk about ornaments. Talk about decorations. Lighten the house. Lighten up the tree. All that stuff. And uh, we'll be right back. All right, we are going to talk about Christmas poopery decorations and everything we couldn't fit into all the other Christmas shows now. Part two. Part two, yes. So first out of the gates, do you guys put together a Christmas list or do you just want to be surprised? I normally never put a list together, but last year was the first time I just, I didn't put a list together. I just said straight up, what I want for Christmas this year is a new printer. And I just left it and I told them, I was like, you guys can combine resources and do whatever, but I just need a new printer. So that was the first time I've ever done that. And it was all right. Did you get As a printer? Adult, I mean, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, so they so they got me a rabbit corkscrew. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am notoriously difficult to shop for. Mm. Um, in general, if I want something and we can afford it, I have it because I buy it. I mean, it's that like no kids thing. So, like, if I want it and haven't already bought it, we probably can't afford it. That um, makes sense. So it, it makes it difficult to shop for me. Uh, I always appreciate people putting in the effort to decipher what I would even like, as long mm-hmm. as it's not more Guinness shit. <laughs> I found these Guinness branded D <clears throat> twenty dice. Josh would love yeah. these because he doesn't have enough dice or Guinness stuff. <laughs> See. What about you, Joel? Well, I, I kind of have the same problem. People always tell me I'm notoriously hard to shop for. The reality is, uh, I don't feel that I am. As long as you don't buy me movies, it's probably pretty safe that if you know me, you could find something <laughs> that I would enjoy. So I don't, I don't make lists. I also am not like you have to buy me something. I'm more like, don't worry about it. I, I prefer to give rather than get gifts, but. Um, uh, my wife is spot on with her gift giving, so um, I don't have to make a list. She always finds cool stuff. Nice. Yeah, I I, I make a list. They don't always like look at the list. <laughs> <laughs> you make it, and they I, just ignore it. Yeah, because like I would say, my my birthday's in September, so like from September on, I make an effort to not buy myself anything that I want slash need. You know, so like this year, I'm like, I need some slippers. You know, that's what I need. I need some new slippers. Heart medication. Know. Yeah. Heart. What? Oh. Skip skip buying that. You, you need yeah. it, but you wait for Christmas. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. need heart medication. I'm just making I that. do not need heart medication. Yeah. So push, you know, but there's stuff that I like this year. On, my thing that I'm hoping for this year is that I put down a whole bunch of the stuff from that alien role playing game. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that just came out this last year because it looks really cool and I'd love to run that game. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But I, I, on years that I have been surprised, like one year Suzanne got me an electric ice scraper for the huh. windows. Like for your car? Yeah. So it had like, imagine an ice scraper with a metal ridge on the tip, which is a bad idea for glass to begin with. 
running a piece of metal across it. Now you have a cord on the back that's like 300 yards long because you have to get around to, you know, you're supposed to plug it in the cigarette lighter. Wow, there's a generational thing I just realized. I call it a cigarette lighter. Everybody else calls it a power outlet. I I still think of it as a cigarette lighter. Yeah, I 100% think of it as a cigarette lighter. So you plug it in there, and then you're supposed to walk around the car and scrape it with that. Now, outside of the fact that you have to wait for it to heat up, I don't really want to run a piece of hot metal across my windshield and potentially scrape it to shit. But that was probably the worst surprise gift I've ever gotten. But from that point on, I kind of think she got me that and she got me a coloring book that year, (laughs) which says a lot. I think the trick to a good gift for an adult is something that you want but would not spend your money on. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's tricky. Like, I always appreciate uh, the best gift I've gotten. uh, And I've said this multiple times. She knows it was the best gift I've gotten, maybe a lifetime. was a couple of Christmases ago. Uh, Sarah got me a Japanese steel chef's knife. Hmm. Like that is, yes, it's exactly the sort of thing that I will use. I cook quite a bit, but it's just at that level where it's pricey enough that I'm never going to buy one for myself. Mm -hmm. See, what we like to do uh, is, you know, if we know the other person is into something specific, then we will kind of seek out uh, odd little corners of you know, the internet or wherever to find things related to that, but that aren't something that's mass produced. So typically Because I hear they're totally into penguins. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, but like, uh, like handmade, you know, art or, uh, you know, prints of some sort that like to frame, um, just funky little pieces of, of artwork is probably a big thing. Um, Mm. or weird collectibles that you really have to kind of search for, um, so, yeah, that's that's typically kind of the direction I go with it. And usually I'm pretty successful because most of the people that are buying gifts are like, oh, this is the first thing that came up on my Google search or on Amazon. OK, click or they're at the store and they're like, oh, I'll grab that. And there's 50 million other people that have the exact same thing. Nice. Yeah. Now, moving on to the presence thing, did you have anybody in your family or is anybody in your family now dress up as Santa Claus? Oh, that's a good. We should have talked about that in the last bit because I dressed up as Santa Claus one year when I when I was younger. Uh, we don't know. We no, we never, got enough kids that. in the family that we do. Like like our youngest kid right now in our family is uh, newborn, oh, what, one week old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, next, well, you don't need to like, dress up for him because he won't know what the yeah, hell. Yeah, he's going not going to remember the rest. Of them, but no, we we dress up and we. It's like. Uh, Sometimes we'll get one of the neighbors to do it just to screw with them. You know, all the kids, who, young kids are like, yeah, that's Uncle Michael. He's doing that. And then the next year we get someone totally different. But one year the girls were on that, um, the we don't believe in Santa Claus type of thing. Like they had discussed it. And they're like, yeah, we think we think it's you and Mama. We don't, you know, we were, we're not down with this Santa Claus. And they were, they were very like, this is it. This is what happens. We understood this. They're like sat up at night in the, in discussing you know, whether or not Santa Claus is real. And they came to us and said, yeah, we, we talked about it last night. There's no Santa Claus. So we got my brother. You're lucky those two girls didn't booby trap the house at that point. Right? Yeah. I If they ever decide to home alone this house, I am dead. <clears throat> um, But no, they had this whole conversation. They decided the next morning at breakfast, yeah, there's no Santa Claus. So we got my brother to come over, dress up as Santa Claus, and come to their window and say hello to them. And they were like, oh, shit. 
<laughs> like we put all our chips on the no pile. I don't know if we're doing good this year. You know, it's just like, he's like, I heard you guys don't believe in me anymore. I came by to say hello. And they're standing at the window. You could tell in their eyes that they were like, we have made a terrible choice. That was fun. That we would be pretty have, fun. Yeah. We actually have a whole, like, uh, not just like a standard Santa costume. We've got everything, including like the whole harness with the belly and everything on it. Uh, see, I remember as a kid, there was uh, a friend of my dad's from his work that would come dressed as Santa. And then, but like Sarah and I don't have kids. Uh, and we went to my dad's for a few years, but like so many people died. And then my brother got divorced. It's just like Christmas is now just like, we don't go anywhere. It's the two of us. Uh, I'll revisit this later when we talk about the tree and decorations, mm-hmm. but like Santa is not really a thing in our lives because there are no children in our Christmas. Well, that's the big pivot right there. Yep. If it, any kids are listening, spoilers. <laughs> Whoops. I mean, I'm I'm sure Sarah would be like, if you dressed up as Santa Claus, you'd be like, hey, 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 hey. want to tame my reindeer? <laughs> what? I don't know. Slay code my person? bells? Yeah. See, see. You want to uh, want to see my rosy cheeks? Want to see my jingle balls? Want to fondle my shaft? <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, dressing wait. up in costume is going to help this whole thing I've got going on. <laughs> <laughs> wow! All right. So I dressed me- up as Santa for a, a couple different years. For the I was doing volunteer work for um, a local shelter. Oh, that's you know, cool. People, people could bring their animals and stuff. That's how I got to handle all kinds of exotic pets for a couple of years. I had, had monkeys and stuff, and I had a, I had a gila monster at one point. I'm like, Jesus, this thing's gonna bite me. You know, I, Santa was big on the monkeys. He had lots of monkeys. I, you want a picture of you dressed as Santa getting attacked by a gila monster <laughs> with a monkey smoking in the background? There was a, oh. there's, a, there's a great picture that uh, somewhere <clears throat> that, of me dressed as Santa holding uh, my little niece Ava when she was about two years old, and it's right out that somebody uh, my my sister snapped the picture right after I said hi Ava, and the look on her face is like my my uncle is Santa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now despite that, is there any traditions that? your families or you know josh you and sarah have put together every christmas every holiday season you do xyz that's an interesting question for christmas no like this year we're going to uh do what uh i did when uh the lord of the rings first came out 20 years ago uh get a ham and watch all of the extended editions back to back. Get a ham, dress it as Legolas. This this was a thing like uh, Joe Abereno. Destroy a toilet. Joe Abereno got a honey baked ham and said at his house they're going to start the first one at this point and it was going to go until all of the extended editions were done. Nice. I, think, I, think that, I, I think that started the year that I left Chicago because I would I just missed that. Well, everybody missed the first one, which meant there was an entire 20-pound honey-baked ham and just me and Joe. So by the second act of Two Towers, I'm dozing on the couch (laughs) because we went in hard on the honey-baked ham during fellowship. But yeah, this, this year we're just like, it seems like 20 years later, it's the thing to do. Ham is Christmas anyway. Nice. Ham is Christmas. I want that on my shirt. Well, I mean, if Thanksgiving is turkey, then Christmas is ham. Mm -hmm. I thought Easter was a ham, but no, I'll I'll eat ham any day. Yeah, seriously. Christmas is honey-baked ham. Easter is, like, savory ham. 
with the crisscross and the and the the crisscross on the top and the little and clothes. The apple sauce. Easter is kosher ham. Yes. For obvious um, reasons. We actually just finished up one of our Christmas traditions this after uh, this evening. <clears throat> Every year, uh, we watch uh, Hogfather. The it's a British TV two parter. <laughs> the Hogfather. Yeah, it's a it's it's based off a book from Terry Pratchett, in which the auditors of the universe decide to get rid of the Hogfather, which is their version of Santa Claus, because there's too much belief and they don't like the be- amount of belief going on. And uh, they want everything to be orderly, so they try to get rid of Santa Claus. <clears throat> and then to make sure that everybody keeps believing in Santa Claus, death steps in and puts on the suit and the fake beard and travels around going, ho, 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 to save Santa Claus. This is a, this is a real thing, Pat. So it's kind of like A Nightmare Before Christmas, but kind of not? Uh, it's nothing like <laughs> really. That's what I said. Nothing like yeah, it. Absolutely nothing because you got. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a, a hell of a trip because at one point you the tooth fairy gets involved, and you've got wizards, and then you've got this crazy assassin dude running around, and then you got Death's granddaughter running around, and it's it's a lot of fun. But we watch it every year, and it's a two parter, so we have to watch it uh, first hour and a half one night, and then the second half the second night, and we just finished up the second half today. <clears throat> Um, well, the, the only thing that's really carried over from when I was a kid was, is the, uh, pair of pajamas. Um, do they still fit? So, well, <laughs> so the, on Christmas Eve, the kids always get a, a, a new pair of pajamas. Not that they don't get them throughout the year, but you know, they always get a specific pair that they get on Christmas Eve. I don't know how that started, but it's been something since I was a kid and it's carried over to being an adult. Um, other than that, we just try and where there's like a, uh, like a specific Christmas movies that we always try to hit at least once every year, like Christmas vacation, um, the Santa Claus movies, uh, those are the ones the kids kind of grew up on. So it's, it's a thing for them. Um, now we've added in, uh, like gremlins and elf. And, uh, so then in between that, so when it's just Laura and I, we always try to hit all the, the Creepmas movies, the, the Christmas horror movies. And that's kind of our tradition. Um, so outside of putting up the tree and, and, uh, the pajamas, that's, that's really it. Not as far as tradition goes. And speaking of which, are you guys Christmas Eve open present people or Christmas day open present people? Oh. There is a difference. I think we talked about this on a previous show, but I've always been Christmas day. We usually do one on Christmas Eve and then the rest Christmas Day. Yeah, we would split it. We would have a Christmas. Like, we go to my grandparents, and you'd be able to open the Christmas presents at Grandma's house, and then you would open on Christmas morning. Yeah, see, I think that's why maybe the, the pajama thing maybe started with my parents was so we would have something to open Christmas Eve. But, yeah, we've always been always been Christmas Day. Always Christmas Day. What about what about best presents now? Oh. Ooh. Uh, one Christmas when I was first trying to become a, a professional poker player, hmm. my ex Angela gave me like twelve different poker books. So that was one of the best. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, hmm. I I got a weird one. <laughs> okay, but, but but Joel Joel, what about you? Best best one? Oh man, I'm trying to think. Um, Laura's a hell of a gift giver, so everything I've gotten from her, I has been like just spot on. And at the moment, I'm drawing a blank on anything specific. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since I've had a bad gift. Hmm. Honestly, 
Josh, what about you, man? Do you have a gift that you're like still using to this day? I mean, I already kind of got ahead of this question when I talked about the chef's knife earlier. Oh, yeah. Ah, good point. Um, So, Mike? I got a mini disc player one year. Back when like mini discs were a thing and they were like the new hotness, like the next step past CDs type of thing. And the mini disc players were like stupid expensive and all that. And um, went to my uncle's house, Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob is a character. He's very, very interesting dude. Apparently, my cousin was not at all appreciative of the mini disc player and a pack of blank mini discs that she had gotten for Christmas. And once you get enough drinks into Bob, he goes off on a tirade about his how his children are unappreciative of all the things that he gives them. And God damn it, I looked and searched for that thing. And then we open it for Christmas and it's not what I wanted. And of course not. And Mike, I always liked you the best. You're awesome. I love you. You are my favorite nephew out of all of them. And I'm kind of like looking around at the rest of them like, hey, I didn't ask for this. You know what? I want you to have this. So I got a mini disc player that evening. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he was just like, he went in this whole like five minute rant about how his kids were unappreciative and then gave me one of their gifts that they had opened that morning on Christmas. And I was like, I don't want to embarrass him. So I'm just going to take it. That's pretty cold, but also pretty. I mean, it works out well for you. Oh, I use that thing but... for years, but. <laughs> Might me not to piss off your uncle. Oh, he's he's crazy ass. So gifts now, do you do full chaos or do you have like an order of things? I have always been of the mind of, of you know, we do uh, oldest to youngest one year and then the next year it's youngest to oldest. And it's always a round robin thing. So you can see what the other people are getting. So it's not just mass chaos and it's over. There's time to talk and kind of enjoy. The only problem with that is I'm not a good gift getter. So, like, if I get something, I always feel weird when people are watching me. Uh, oh, and the, whole, the whole family looks at you and waits for you to say thank you? Right, or to have a reaction. And so if it's something you love, you know, you might get a big reaction. But if it's something you're kind of mediocre on or you don't like, it's like, do I let them know that? Do I, you know, pretend? What do you do? And it's just, oh. But that, that's the way I, I've always you know, done it. too bad you were never an actor. You might have learned how to do something about that. Yeah, you ah. pretend. The answer is you pretend. Yeah. No, my, my in-laws, they do a thing. It's kind of weird where, like, my, my, my family, mass chaos. Every, we sort through the gifts. Everybody gets the pile of gifts in front of themselves. Everybody like, sort through them and then go. And everybody just tears into them. Uh, so it's this gigantic. And then my father, he doesn't open any of his gifts and just walks around the living room with a giant garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know that routine. Yep. That, that's what grandpas do. Now, my in-laws have a thing where everybody sorts out the gifts and then we open them by who gave them to you. So everybody who got a gift, this is the gift that Aunt Wendy gave to everybody. So everybody's got to get the gift that Aunt Wendy gave to everybody. And we all unwrap it. And that's what we got. And then we have the gift that, you know, Uncle Mike gave to everybody. We all put those together and everybody unwraps them together. And we all look at the same, you know, what we got from Uncle Mike. And that was kind of weird. Am I am I wrong in thinking that's weird? No, that's I, weird. I kind of like, like that better than the everybody opens one gift at a time. Like everybody's at least opening a gift at the same time. Not all the pressures on one person. Right, and it's weird when you got kids and adults, especially adults that don't necessarily hang out. Like Sarah and I would go to the big Christmas gifts back before Grandma died. My brother got a divorce, and yada yada yada. And like we'd each have one gift, so we'd be going around and we'd open our gift. 
Mm. And then people keep going around and around and around. (laughs) We're just sitting there. Okay. I got to drive, so I can't drink anymore. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. It's wild because now there's just the two of us. It's funny. She is the opposite of me. Like, uh, she'll get tell me everything she wants for Christmas. I will get everything she wants for Christmas. I'm usually done first. This stuff is ordered pre-wrapped because I don't wrap. And then she'll talk about how hard I am to shop. She'll get done second. And then I'll see. I've gotten her the four things she's asked for. And I've got nine mystery packages. <laughs> so I'm feeling guilty. But she's just throwing darts at the wall. So then you go buy her a car. (laughs) (laughs) I think you are vastly overestimating our finances. (laughs) That is, on a total side note, that is one thing that I hate about Christmas commercials. Right? Who buys a car without even telling their significant other? Exactly. Hey! Like, what, Mar- what, is the, what is your target audience with this, like, strategy? Like, guys that can just <laughs> drop $70,000 on a car and their wife won't even notice? Exactly. I I went out and made a major $170,000 purchase on a Porsche. Happy Christmas! Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> we'll be homeless next Christmas, but I hope you enjoy this year. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho! Yeah, we, we do a thing... Like, we will wrap the gifts and little by little put them under the tree. So it starts out like we've got a little bit of gifts, a little bit more, and then Christmas morning, everything's underneath there. But we usually stash a couple things off to the side until the very end. It's fun. You know, and then Christmas morning, you make some kind of goofy breakfast. See, that is the the whole gift stashed to the side would increase my guilt. Because, like, you asked for four things. You have four presents under the tree. (laughs) Do you have to, do, Joel? I mean, you're the only one with kid, other one with kids. Do you have to do the uh, the present count before new before the uh, Christmas day? Yeah, my kids are sticklers for uh, you know everything being kind of equal. So I always have to be real careful to make sure that they're if they're not exactly the same, that they're at least close. Even if the dollar amounts are identical, but the you know the the number of gifts. See, we we topped that uh, off with trips yeah. to the dollar store. You know, oh. oh, look, this person's got, okay, she's got 12 gifts. You have 10. Guess who's getting three packs of gum? We, we, we live by stocking stuffer stuff. You know, we tend to get, like, they'll get one big gift and then a whole bunch of, like, little side stuff. But there's usually, like, one thing that they really wanted and then just tchotchke stuff on the side. I mean, the the stocking thing was there for a long time, and then it kind of got phased out. This year, we've we've found enough things uh, throughout the year that we've decided, you know, we've kind of brought that back just because we have a lot of little little things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to do the one big Santa gift and then uh, the smaller gifts to kind of fill out the rest. But anymore, it's just like I, I've ever since I've you know found out Santa wasn't real and. Over the course of time, it's just become more just a bunch of whatever, and there's not like necessarily one big thing mm-hmm. uh, these days. But yeah, they always have to be somewhat equal. Or now, do any yeah. of you guys give out gifts to your neighbors? What? Yeah, like I'm I'm passing out some of that uh, milk punch that I made to my neighbors. We've got the guy behind us uh, came around last week and gave us. Um, he's got 
So this is pretty cool. He used to have an, one of those big round above ground pools. They got rid of it, left this huge round open space. So he turned the whole thing into a garden. So he's got this giant circular garden in his backyard. And he brought us um, a couple jars of homemade canned uh, spaghetti sauce. Or not canned, homemade jarred spaghetti sauce. So we had that for dinner tonight. It's made with like tomatoes that were literally grown in the yard right behind us. And then we've got one one neighbor who comes around every Christmas and gives everybody a bottle of uh, wine that he makes. And then shortly after, everybody in the neighborhood dumps out the bottle of wine because they're never good. <laughs> is it made in the pool? So is there like chlorine in it or something? Prison, nah. wi- prison wine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like it's like toilet cured wine. I don't know what it is, but it's nobody. Like it's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Do you guys do anything like to your neighbors or anything like that? Give them, give them gifts. Never. I mean, the first year we moved in, our next door neighbors on one side gave us some like baked goods, and okay, but that's that's about it. I, I mean, growing up, I, we used to hang out with the neighbor, the my two neighbors next on Christy and Maria all the time. So yeah, there were some gifts there, but as an adult, no, I barely know my neighbors. Yeah, oh. same as Joel. You know, I mean, we did when we were younger and had different neighbors and stuff, but not now. Okay. So you've lived in the same house for a lot of years. Oh yeah, we've been in the same cul-de-sac for the last twenty years. So yeah, I've been here almost a decade now, and I'm just starting to kind of know my neighbors. <laughs> Jesus, ten goodness. years. But that's because we started walking. Take yeah, take a walk, dude. Go say hello to people. Well, when we started walking every night, then I got to know some of them. And the guy that's right behind me uh, actually know his name, but yeah. Otherwise, it's just like, his hey, name is guy, hello, guy. Yeah, we know the names of uh, directly behind us on either side, and one of the people across the street. And we've been introduced at a block party to a bunch of others, including uh, a couple, both of whom I've worked with at uh, the same place at different times. They were both teachers, but neither. They didn't both work there at the same time. No. Oh. And actually, I didn't realize they lived across the street until that block party. Okay. Wild that they're because there's a cul-de-sac across from us, and they're in like one corner of it. You could not know who was in that house for two years, which is what happened. Anyway, not Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was you know that's yeah, it's still in the same same genre. But okay. Now, this is an interesting question because I, I feel like it's relevant to several of us. So I want to make sure it didn't get skipped. The times where financial hardship made gift giving uh, kind of tough. Uh, oh, I yeah. know personally for the two of us, when we had our, our years where we were real, really struggling uh, frequently, that's when uh, I would turn to baking cookies and like recycling whatever, whether it's coffee cans or tins that we had around from previous Christmas gifts from other people and just wrapping them up and giving everybody cookies. I'd make a few, Sarah would make a few, and that would be presents. I I have been there. And we have done the, we made candles one year because we did the math and, you know, it was like easier for us to go out. We went out and bought a big brick of wax at the craft store, melted it up, got a bunch of mason jars, made candles for everybody. Um, Try to think some of them because we've had moments where we're like, especially for like my family, it's okay because we, you know, we've got just, there's not a lot of us at the time when we were having those problems, but uh, like my, my brother-in-law has five kids, you know, so that was, that was the thing. So we kept trying to figure out ways to, uh, 
to get stretch the gifts, we gave out um that was gonna sound expensive, but we found like five packs of these fountain pens and bought blank books for everybody. So we wound up wound up not having to pay a lot for everything. We did that and gave everybody these uh Chinese made fountain pens that were like ten bucks for five of them type of thing to everybody. And it was weird because like all everybody who gave them, we gave them to all the kids, they loved them. The different color inks and all that, that was like the thing that they were doing that year. Uh, I did luck out one year where we we were actually at the point where we were going to like Goodwill to go Christmas shopping. And we went to, it wasn't Goodwill, but it was like one of those savers. That was the name of it. And apparently a game store had gone under recently. And there were tons of still sealed board games for like five bucks a piece. So I just, you know, I found them, just loaded up the cart with one for every family, one, you know, that sort of thing, piled them all up in the cart, came back to Suzanne. She was like, what are you thinking? And then she saw the price. But uh, that was like the best luck we've ever had for the under financial stress because I had just lost my job like at Thanksgiving. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was a rough one. But I mean, it was we found that it was kind of funny because we brought brought all these board games down, and my in laws are gamers, so they were like, "We know how much these games cost, Mike." And like my brother in law actually came up to me, and he's like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "You don't have to." <laughs> he's like, he literally was like, "You don't have to prove anything to us, man." I mean, we we know you just lost your job. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like we 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 lucked out. We found these, and he was like, "Oh, okay, cool. You know, I can totally handle that." Because they were like. Apparently, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law were like, we got to give these back because they thought we had dumped like $700 worth on board games for everybody. That's pretty amazing, to be honest. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Even if it wasn't Christmas, it would have been amazing. Uh, we, I mean, I, we kind of fall in the same camp uh, in the years that I've been strapped that, uh, like Josh was talking about, you know, either either baking something or making something. Mm-hmm. Um is always a good option or in some cases if you just couldn't do it you just couldn't do it but um typically yeah you'd you'd fall back on something that you made yourself um which still costs money but typically would be less and you know you can kind of nice it's it yeah it shows that you put in some effort and um there's something to be said about um somebody taking time out of their day to to make you a, a plate full of cookies if they're good if they taste like shit then well you know, fuck Call them out on it right there. Man. <laughs> there's, there's something to be said about that, too. Just something less nice. Yeah. And, you know, as someone currently going through a very bad patch uh, financially, yeah, no, just nobody's getting shit from me this year. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. And and everybody in my family on both sides has had that moment. And there's the unwritten unwritten rule. Nobody, you, don't, you do not call them out on it. You do not. Because if they've reached, you know, everybody, I don't say kind of knows, but you know what's going on with your family and you don't want to, you know, nobody wants to embarrass them, you know, and make a comment that's going to be off kilter to, to what's going on. Right. Well, so on that high note, speaking of food, didn't you have a story, Pat? (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about this food story. I don't think the last time we talked about meals, um, or maybe I did, did I talk about, uh, deep frying the turkey and, uh, it was not completely done all the way. Did I tell that story before? It uh, doesn't ring any bells with me. Okay, hmm. so yeah. I um was this is the very, very first time I ever deep fried a turkey. Um I've cooked turkeys before, but I've never deep fried one and I you know This was at Christmas? 
yeah, yeah, this was for Christmas one year. I decided I wanted to try to, because we always do a turkey and a ham at Christmas and, and Thanksgiving. We used to always do both. And this one Christmas, I decided I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to fry the turkey. And I reached in, you know, to get the, the bag of all the all, all the entrails, the gib- giblets and all that stuff. And I couldn't find it at all. Reach and could just, I mean, all I just kept feeling was just, was just the cavity. I couldn't find it at all. I'm just like, well, okay, I guess this one didn't come with one. Whatever. Oh, no, no, it did. It just was so frozen that it was all the way up in the back of it, you know, and it felt like just part of it. And long story short, that big bag of frozen entrails kept the turkey from frying properly. Like the inside of it just wouldn't fry up. So like we got like halfway through it and it just the inside was all raw. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Then we finally found like this this charred up bag of entrails on the inside that was just all, you know, and we just basically had to scrap the entire turkey for the whole meal. I was like, oh, forget this. This is a bad, bad job. Oh. Yeah, so like the hidden bag of frozen entrails screwed up my whole first frozen, first fried turkey experiment. Damn. Yeah. It was it was brutal, like, you know, because, I mean, I was cutting into the dark meat and everything was fine, and then I got up to the breast and started cutting in like halfway through, just, just all raw. I'm like, what the hell? We had a Christmas once. My brother decided that he was going to host it right after he got married, because that's, you know, always a good idea. And he's standing at the the island, and he's got his turkey in front of him, and he's got the electric knife, and a father-in-law to the right of him, and my father to the left of him, both of them giving him instructions on how to carve the turkey. So I did the only thing I could. I came up behind him and pulled a uh, Patrick Swayze ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Just like ran my arm, my hand down his arm to the knife and we both started carving the thing. And the father-in-law was like, I don't know what the hell's happening. He just took (laughs) off. And my father's like, what what should I expect? Seriously? Of course, this is what you asked. I could just see the look on his face. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. mm -hmm. All right. I'm out. (laughs) I'm going to walk out of this room so I don't have to look at you two ding-dongs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, the food, there's always seems to be something that goes sideways with the food, but you know what? It's always minimal to, you know, there's been a, a couple of years ago, my sister was, I was on the other side of the kitchen and I don't know what the hell happened, but things occurred and suddenly there were popping fresh biscuits flying across the kitchen. And all she was doing was taking them out of the oven. Okay. Don't know what happened. Huh. Like, yeah. You know, and the, why are you throwing biscuits at us turned into shut up. I'm just trying to get them out of the oven before they burn. So I don't know, but both you guys have all met my family. So mm-hmm. there you go. That tracks. Yep. Yep. All right. So Joel, now that we're back into it, uh, what, uh, what do we have coming up? No, are, are we at that point already? I think we may be. Oh, all right. Uh, well, if, if I have my druthers, uh, we're still going to talk about West Side Story at some point. Uh, but before that, we're not. Yeah, fuck your druthers. Yeah. <laughs> show 100 is, or 400, excuse me, Jesus Christ, we're 300 shows behind. Uh, show 400 is coming up, and uh, we're going to be heading back into The Matrix, which I am very excited about. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, Seminal film. If our holiday break uh, gave you some show ideas or you just want to chat with us, uh, leave us a voicemail, be featured on the show. Give us a call. 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And if you're looking for uh, more of our shows, we are on Pod Chaser. We're on Blueberry. We're on Podbean, uh, Google, Apple, Amazon Podcast. You can find us everywhere. Just Google 40 going on 14 and uh, give us a listen. 
We appreciate it. And we will be back next week with more of this. So thanks for listening. <laughs> you still sound like a mogwai. Yeah, I'm out there. Shaka Khan. That is not what that is not from West Side Story. That's how the whole fucking musical starts. Like you're whistling, like, you're whistling two minutes the Mogwai is, song. I saw the first half an hour of it. You're talking about the old one or the new one? Both. The first like two minutes is just whistling. Okay, he's not wrong about that. There was a lot of whistling. Is it equally bad whistling? No, well, no, my whistling's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's done professionally and not by a guy, you know. Who doesn't have any teeth. <laughs> you don't have, any, have teeth? any teeth? You never noticed? Okay, wow. is, is this, is this officially part of the recording or have we just gone off the rails? I don't know. We've, gone, We've just gone off the rails. Off the rails. <laughs> <laughs>